Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Since 
the coronavirus outbreak. Four categories they're talking about is homicide, rape, robbery, aggravated assault. They claim they all have dropped. And I did ask the ladies who are all New Yorkers, do you believe it? And they said, absolutely not. No. You know, they, they cited the same thing I cited, that uh, based on the stories we tell here in New York, I don't know whether that information is true, but what I also thought about was just the subway crime alone has increased in robbery, homicide, aggravated assault. Wait, what's the other one they claim? Uh, rape. Yeah, this stuff. I'm trying to figure out, well, what part of New York are they talking about? Because if you're talking about New York City, I think it's kind of hard to uh, believe that this information is true. Now, they always say that the media, you know, exposes things and they blow things up and stuff like that. And I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe they ain't telling all the stories in this city other than the homicide, the rape. The aggravated assault and uh, the robbery, yeah. But they do say that crime is still higher now than pre-pandemic levels. So maybe, you know, maybe that's why it's so hard for us to see that the numbers have dropped. You know, what do you say? Do you believe it? Because I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. No, it ain't making no sense to me. Well, school book bags. Now, we've been carrying book bags for quite some minute now. And they're saying that out in Michigan, they have seriously considered banning the book bags. Because of the increase in guns being brought into the school with the book bags. Yeah, they've been been throwing them in the book bags. They can't see through the book bags. So, therefore, this is how the book bags have been getting in the school. They're citing, you know, different times when when the book bags have gotten into the school. They say that a third grader had a gun for the fourth time, you know, the fourth third grader that's done this. They say another seven-year-old student uh, brought in an unloaded gun. They just cited several times when a student brought in an unloaded gun. They talked about another, excuse me, student who brought in an unloaded gun but also had ammunition And, you know, various parts of Michigan have been talking about banning the school book bag. And the parents are saying, you know what, we don't agree that you should ban the book bag. Get behind the parents that are being so negligent that they're leaving these book bags around. Well, I agree. 
How you gonna ban a whole thousands of kids carry book bags? Really? How you gonna ban book bags altogether? Man, I tell you, you know, the powers that be, they're so lame. They are really, really lame because they have not been really addressing things the way they're supposed There are no remedies these days. They're just Band-Aids being slapped all over the place. I don't get it. Don't these people have, like, focus groups or something that you sit down and you brainstorm and you try to come up? Is it like one person making the decisions here? Because they have really been doing a poor job. Speaking of which, we talked about the state of emergency that the uh, state of New York is supposed to be in. Now, we talked about the fact that 71,000 people have been introduced and brought in to the state of New York by itself to date, these asylum seekers. And, you know, how in the world are you at the point where you're bringing so many people in and it's out of control? So I asked the question yesterday, ladies, did you think about the fact that there are 71,000 people that are crossing the border into the United States, and most of them don't know Jesus. Man, when I said it, my toes began to curl. I was like, wow. Well, Lady Tamika says, I did think about it, but I also thought about the fact that, guess what? All the Santa Maria and all of the worshiping of the dead. Well, I'll put that part in. Well, in other words, she, thought, she said all the things that they do in their worship, you know, that is ungodly. So we got additional forces working against us, in other words. Man, now that I didn't think about. Oh, my goodness gracious. When we start talking about the people that are coming over here who are joining the other people over here who are doing all this satanic worship, yeah, we in trouble. We're in trouble. But we do know that God is higher and highest above it all. And all we have to do is humble ourselves turn from our wicked ways and give our lives to the Lord for real. And you'd be amazed at what'll happen in this world. So come on, people of God, let's get this done, okay? All right. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. And we're about to get our morning started. We got a whole lot to talk about today. And we're going to play my favorite game today. 
And, boy, do we have some stuff to talk about. All right? All right, let's get this party started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph. It's on, and whatever you do, you better not go nowhere. Yep, I said that now, because we'll be right back. Lupus is a chronic autoimmune disease that is hard to diagnose, difficult to manage, and if not treated, can become life-threatening. Lupus affects adult women 10 times more frequently than men. There is no cure for lupus, and those affected oftentimes don't look sick. I have lupus. I struggled for years until the Lupus Alliance gave me the help that I needed. To help us unlock the mystery of lupus, visit milupus.org or call 800-705-6677. We are here for you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. And uh, we're about to get this party started, giving God thanks that we are on this side of the week. And God has blessed us greatly. And he is definitely worthy to be praised. So we're going to get this party started this morning. You know, there are people who are living as few as they may be. There are people who are living to 100 years old. Now, some people have said, I don't want to be here that long. Well, I'm sorry. Connect me to a car battery. Do whatever you need to do. If the Lord says yes, I'll hang out. I'll hang out. So, if you want to know the secret to making this happen, then uh, come on, get ready to get to writing. All right, get ready to get to writing, and I'm gonna tell you for uh, some some uh, I'm gonna give you some hints as to how we gonna get this thing done. Okay. Okay, vegetables, (laughs) there you go, bang, Shantese, your vegetables, yes, ma'am, ooh, they say vegetables have been shown, you know, to 
lower the risk of cancer. And, you know, hmm, they say the cancer risk goes up the less plant-based foods you have in your diet. Okay? All vegetables have antioxidants that help protect ourselves from free radicals. That plays a role in disease, you know, in fighting disease and chronic illness, okay? So, get to that farmer's market. If you have longevity in your mind and make sure you eat broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts should be at the top of your list, okay? All right, next. Guess what? Fruit. Yeah. Fruit, 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 fruit. Like veggies, vegetables are also high in antioxidants. They say when you eat fruit, it keeps the skin. Oh, no, make sure you keep the skin on because that's where the pectin is, which is the soluble fiber that's good for your gut. Okay. They say fiber is another nutrient that's majority linked to longevity. Okay. And you want to make sure you get those blueberries in. Yeah, add those blueberries into your diet. And they have those polyphenols. They are very high in those blueberries. And they say that blueberries is um, very, very, very key to helping us with our life's longevity. All right? Legumes. Yep, 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 yep. Legumes are full of protein, fiber. They don't contain any saturated fat or cholesterol. And you want to make sure that you get to that 100 years if you can help it. And, you know, they say in Costa Rica, Italy, and other places like Greece, a lot of those people live to be over 100 years old. And legumes is high in their diet. Okay? Ready? Whole grains. And we're talking about faith without works is dead. And we're talking about our works that can possibly help push us to 100 years old and then some. And whole grains full of fiber and help keep the blood sugar levels steady. It helps protect us against type 2 diabetes. And they say this is important because people with type 2 diabetes have a decreased life expectancy up to 8 years compared to people who don't have diabetes. You know, I got to get myself together. Because I want them eight years. If God wants me to have it, I'm not going to cut it short. All right? 
Number five, chia seeds or flax seeds. Yes, yes, honey. All right. They say, excuse me, chia and flax seeds um, contain a high level of fiber and is linked to longevity. They say make sure you put those um, flax seeds and chia seeds in your foods. It definitely helps with digestion, and it does not contain uh, components that increase your cholesterol. In fact, it helps to reduce your cholesterol. I'm sorry. Number six, nuts. Yes, they say nuts. Now, all of these things have been on every single list that we have ever had regarding good health, improving your health, and nuts is definitely on that list. They say sprinkle a mixture of nuts, seeds, and dried fruit into your salad. Yes, because nuts contain fiber, plant-based protein, antioxidants, and unsaturated fats, which are beneficial for your heart health. Okay? All right. Number seven, you want to live to 100 years old if God lets you? Oh, get rid of that bad bacteria in your gut by eating fermented foods. We just got finished talking about this. Yes. Okay, they say that fermented foods are full of good bacteria, such as kimchi. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds like it's something you get from the China market. Sauerkraut, things like that. Yes, you want to make sure you put that stuff in your diet. I see some pickles over here. Mm. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Oh, here's one of my favorites. Sweet potato. Yes, sweet potato. You know, the other day I baked a sweet potato. I put it in the oven for about 45 minutes, my little um, counter of on the top oven. Man, I popped the skin off that bad boy. And was walking around eating it in my hand. Yes, it was so sweet. Right out of the skin. Sweet potato. Okay. They say that sweet potato. They say in Japan is really good. Where many people regularly live to be over 100 in good health. So they say that sweet potatoes make up 60% of their total calories. Now, you know, if you want to live to be over 100 years old, then you're going to have to do what the people um, uh, who live over 100, you have to do what they do, okay? So they say, like many foods on this list, sweet potatoes are full of fiber, antioxidants, and they also have 400% of 
of the vitamin A needed each day, an important nutrient that benefits the body's immune system. Eat them sweet potatoes. All right, I just got a hit. Kimchi is a Japanese fermented vegetable, and it's spicy. Well, thank you very much. You know, I always got my, my people in the back hitting me up, giving me my information. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, here's a favorite of mine. Avocado. From Mexico. Yeah. I love avocado. Do you know, I got to tell you, that Shantice and I, we eat guacamole egg rolls. Have you ever tried that? Oh, my goodness. It is absolutely delicious. Yes. Uh, avocados, they say, are a good source of mono, mono unsaturated fatty acids, which help lower inflammation and support cardiovascular health. They're also full of fiber and antioxidants. I just got finished buying some avocados the other day. And I have to buy mine very hard because, you know, I don't want it to go soft too fast. But yeah, man, you throw some seasoning, mash that bad boy up, because avocado, a lot of people don't like it because it's tasteless, pretty much. You got to doll it up, though. And doll it up any way you want. You know, sometimes you can put some tomatoes up in there if you want. You know, you can mix that with a lot of different things. Throw a little garlic, onions. Oh, my goodness. It is so good. Ten. We want to live to be 100 years old. Get that dark chocolate. Man. All of these things have come up on all of our lists. They say that dark chocolate is excellent. And, you know, they're also high in polyphenols. And they help with longevity the same way blueberries do. So, I've cut down on eating March, and I've we've really been doing a lot of vegetables here in the house, and I'm telling you, I'm getting real creative. So we're gonna, you know, send in your little recipes. If you, you know, you have your creative moments with your vegetables, you know, not everybody want to do the vegetable thing, but I got to tell you, I have really cut down. I almost eat no. Uh, bread, no rice, no starch. You know, I will grab my, uh, what do you call those, orange sweet potatoes, you know, so I get my little, what do you call it, the uh, carbs from that, you know. But now that I see that if I eat sweet potatoes, I can add a couple of years to my life if God allows me, then uh, I'm going to do so. Okay, so listen, you know, some people, they, like I said, they don't have any interest in living any longer than God wants them here, but 
You know, if God says so, I don't want to shorten my life. I don't. And shame on me for eating so poorly over the years. But, you know, since God has really been pinching us, and I can't say no fat butt. That just ain't going to happen. I got to get rid of this weight. I want to be able to function better. So come on. Come on and join me if you're already doing it. I have to tell y'all, Lady Tamika looks fabulous. Fabulous. She was never heavy, but she was heavier. And she dedicated her time and her energy into not just losing weight, but toning and to see her at the wedding in such a gorgeous gown and it looked really nice on her. She looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. That also helped boost my incentive to get rid of some of this weight. And I'm coming down, I'm coming down, but sure ain't the rate that I'd like it to go. But you know what? It's up to us. It's really up to us. It's up to us to do what we need to do. It's we. It's us who put the food in our mouth. And I said, you know, Stephanie, you can't be talking to people about changing their life and you can't control what goes in your mouth. So you have to get yourself together. All righty? All righty. Well... We're going to talk about some little quick news today. We have our 14-year-old girl who is accused of being the mastermind behind an attempted hit on a Prince George's school bus. So they say this young 14-year-old girl is being held in jail without bail. You know, for attempted murder charges. And she is being tried as an adult. They say that three masked suspects targeted a 14-year-old boy on May 1st and tried to shoot him three times on a school bus. However, the gun jammed each time. And the police are calling it an attempted assassination. So, two of the three suspects who allegedly allegedly tried to kill the teen, you know, they're in custody. And they, you know, they're saying that she's actually behind this um, attempt. Yeah. And they say they constantly hear parents say, my child is good. You know, they weren't involved. I can't believe it. He said, believe it. It happens. And unfortunately, it happens far too often in our communities. Our young people are making adult decisions. And they're going to have to be um, in front of adult consequences. And and that's the uh, state attorney of Prince George. Yeah. So, I really, 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 you know, you talk about, you set three boys up to go shoot another child 
That is a hit. We don't think about it because they're kids, but yo, that's exactly what that thing is. So, like the, uh, the state attorney said, and it's uh, Aisha Brave Boy, yeah, you're going to have to eat some things. Because I'm going to tell you something. If she got away with setting up that boy, another 14-year-old boy, go shoot another. I mean, come on. You, you're going to set three kids up to go shoot another boy 14 years old? Then, you know what? If she had gotten away with that, it would have been someone else. Yeah, this would have been her thing because she would have felt like, hey, this is how I handle stuff. Yeah, no good. They caught a butt. Let them try her. Oh, boy. Talk about these children. Oh, another young person. Out in Guyana, in Georgetown to be more specific, they believe that... Another young child, oh my goodness, started a fire in a school dorm. So what happened was, there was a student who was upset that her mobile phone was confiscated. And she is among several who were injured in a fire that they believe she set because she didn't like the discipline by the dorm administrator. And she threatened to torch the dorm and later set a fire in the bathroom. Well, 19 girls, mostly girls, 19 people have died. Can you imagine that? You should see this dorm. They say the fire raced through the woods, concrete, iron grill building. After it was locked for the night by the dorm administrator or the house mother to prevent the girls from sneaking out. And they're saying that, you know, the house mother did it out of love for the girls. She felt that she was forced to do it because you know, most of the girls would leave, so she would lock the doors because she didn't want them leaving at night to socialize. And this chick sets the fire, and, oh, my God, they say the ages were between 12 and 18 years old at this boarding school. And they said that also... The five-year-old son of the house mother was included in those who died in the fire. So she subsequently lost her own child in the fire. Now, I'm sorry. You, you, that bad decision, bad decision. You know, we hear all the time, you know, here in New York, you know, you got to have modes of egress. You know, you got to have multiple modes of egress. And I don't know why that was an option for you. And they say that these girls were trapped. They were trapped as the building burned. And 
they said that when they got there, you know, um, people were throwing water on the building, but it just wasn't enough to put the fire out. They said the house mother was asleep at the time inside the building, and she panicked and could not find the right keys to unlock the building from the inside. But she ended up making her way out, but her her five-year-old child didn't. They say um, that other nine people were hospitalized in serious condition. And um, now here's the thing. When the, when the house mother took her, um, her cell phone, it was because she was dealing, she's 16, the, the young girl, 16 years old, and she was dealing with a, an older man who she must have been on this phone with, or at least the lady thought she was on the phone with, and she said that she, they're going to charge him with statutory rape because she was, uh, oh no, she was under 16. So they said um, the United States and other countries are sending people over, but the United States, they're sending forensics experts to help identify the children. Oh my God. That's how badly they were burned. That they need help identifying. So, you know, I tell you. Oh, Lord have mercy. They say that this particular fire outranks what had been the country's deadliest fire in more recent times. They say when 17 inmates were killed at the main Georgetown prison in 2016. Now, they said the, the, the prisoners were angry over trial delays and overcrowding. So some inmates set fire to the building, and they said that 500 people should have been in the, mil- the building, but the overcrowding went to 1,100. And again, at that time, 17 people were um, burned up and found dead. And this particular dome fire exceeds that. So now this one will take rank. Can you imagine? I tell you. Oh my lord. I tell you, this is this is terrible. What else are we talking about? Oh my 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 my. Talk about cops going mad. So in Australia there's this 95-year-old great-grandma who died Wednesday when the police were called, are you ready, to the nursing home for a woman who was wielding a knife. And when they got there, she did have the knife in her hand. She was armed. And they said they urged her to put the serrated steak knife down before she moved. Now, they said that she moved at a very slow pace. And she could only move with a walker. 
But when they told her to stop, she didn't stop. At five foot two, weighing about a ninety-five pounds, the cops hazed her. And a week later, she died. They said that she suffered with dementia, and all she needed was a kind word. Well, here's my thing. If all she needed was a kind word, why y'all call the cops? On a woman who was 95 years old, 5 foot 2, Weighed 95 pounds and could not walk without a walker. Why did you call the cops? You telling me that there was not one man in there? It wasn't two women in there that could have just, one, attract her attention. They say she was confused because she suffers with dementia. You could have attracted her attention. And grabbed her little arm, her wrist. Come on, y'all. So y'all call the cops. And now they're looking to fire him. Because he tased her. After she took a step near toward him. You know, I tell you. Are we twisted or what? Are we twisted or what? Oh my gosh. Well, I have an update before we go to our due time crew. I do have an update on the man who beheaded the girlfriend. Remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about, that might have been last week, we spoke about the man who who uh, was the illegal immigrant who hit his, um, the woman in the head with the with the dumbbell in the car and then they said that someone with a cell phone camera caught him dragging her out the car picking her up by the hair and cutting her head off with the machete well he's been to jail um he's been to trial and they said that he was found guilty for slaying, beheading this woman. He's been found guilty of first-degree murder. And the judge said that just by the nature of the assault, he said that by being in possession of the machete, threats he had made prior to killing her, the tumultuous relationship, the frequent arguments and accusations of abuse all showed premeditation and that helped him come to the decision of finding her of finding him guilty of first degree murder and oh he's going down so they're waiting for him to be sentenced which will be shortly and they're anticipating that he will be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of a role 
Oh, wow. All right. Well, let me jump on in and talk to my U-Time crew and see what they have to say. Let's start with our girl, Tamika. Where is she? Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday. How are you? I am doing, uh, but I'm coming along. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got to go with, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do it. Kale's not here to do it. Pastor Kale's not here to do it. I got to do it for him. And Vivian did it for us yesterday. So I got to say it like that. But I'm, I'm, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I give God things. I'm okay. Thank you. I'm okay. How are you? I am doing great. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Well, Tamika, we're talking about these 14-year-olds gone wild. The first one, the 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 14-year-old girl who they are saying scheduled a hit out on another 14-year-old on the school bus. And thank God the gun jammed three times when she sent three kids out to murder him. Now, they don't say what the problem was, what he may have done to her, whatever happened to make her so angry. But they are now trying her as an adult, and she is being held in jail without bail for attempted murder. Does the punishment fit the crime? Wow. I am just, like, amazed. You know, she's a hit person, you know, and she orchestrated the whole thing, you know, and... You know, I, I'm I'm completely like floored. Like, it seems like the stuff that you expect older adults to do, you know, it's happening younger and younger. And it's like, you know, I'm almost at a point where it's like, don't watch television, don't listen to the radio, you know, because something she watched, something had to have. I mean, you don't just come up with that in your mind, you know. And there are plenty of movies that you can see that. You know, they orchestrate a hit and, you know, but, and you don't hear too often about a child being tried as an adult, you know, so there obviously there's a lot of stuff that we probably don't know, you know, she might, I mean, how do you get, then then the other thing is how do you get other people to do what you plan on doing, you know, because if you said to me, you know, oh, I'm a hit, you know, we're going we gonna to get him on the school bus, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy. You know, so uh, just the mindset, young, these young, young children, I mean, they haven't even really lived life. They don't know what life is about, and it's done. You know, you it's over for you. You know, I, I don't see too much more for you. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you said something, and it makes me think, first of all, I do agree that a lot of this stuff is what they see. On TV, number two, I do agree with, like, wow, you just scratch your head because you say to yourself, 
you actually commandeered some people to go kill somebody on a school bus. You are just straight out of control. You are straight out of control. Oh, my goodness. Does the punishment fit the crime? I would definitely say yes, you know, um, because you you need to, that's not something that somebody your age should even be phantoming. And, you know, a lot of times what people in general, I, I won't even say youth, a lot of times what they don't realize is when you make one decision, there are 50 other ones that go with that. You're not thinking of all the other decisions that you said yes to by doing this, you know, and by you know, um, the other gentleman or whomever helped you, you know, they could be tried as accessory, you know, and, you know, although it was not, it didn't happen, and I'm grateful to God that it didn't happen, but you have other people that played a role in it, you know, and so what happens now? You don't think about that. You just want to take this life out, you know, and oh, here's, here's the other thing. You did this in broad daylight in public on a school bus, so you didn't wait till that person was in a different place where it was just you and them. You did. You wanted it to be known. I mean, what was your mindset? Did you want people to know about it, you know, that you were a part of it? I, I, you know, I, I often want to know what is in their mind when they're doing it. You know, is it just taking them out and you're not thinking of anything else? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, one decision has a domino effect into a lot of different areas. So you all better think about this stuff. Well, someone else didn't think, another 14-year-old did not think. She was talking on the phone, dealing with an older man who she had no business dealing with out at this boarding school. The head mother, they took her phone, and, you know, she locks the doors at night because she's afraid that they'll get out and socialize and things like that. And she got mad because they took her phone, and she set the, you know, set the bathroom on fire. Well, that bathroom caused 19 lives. Another one who will probably be tried very heavily, you know, does the punishment again fit the crime? She mad for a phone. Yeah, that's that again, you know, we're not thinking, you know, so maybe in her mind, she was thinking of, well, if I set this fire, then the doors are open and I can do whatever it is that I want to do. I can run away. You, I guarantee, I guarantee you, she didn't think about um, the fact that other lives would be taken out. Um, that wasn't in her mind that it was just getting away, you know, let me get out of this place. And how, how do I come up with an idea to get out? You know, even something as simple as setting an alarm, you know, I don't know if the place had, you know, a fire alarm, you know, you could set a fire alarm and, you know, people got to step outside. You automatically have to step outside once the fire alarm is off. But she didn't think about that. So what's the next best thing? Start a fire, you know, and now 19 lives, including the facilitator's child's life is, is gone. You know, and so you are going to have to deal with that for the rest of your life, whether um, you're tried, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you have to think about you took lives that had nothing to do with any of this because you're mad because somebody took a phone. Again, 
you know, these these mindsets of these children. And then you're telling me that they're they're they haven't even reached twenty. They're still in their teens, you know. And this is what happens, you know. Um, especially, you know, also including the fact that she was with an older adult. You know, he probably for all we know, he might have said, you know, set the fire. But we may not necessarily have proof of that either. Ah. I'll tell you, yeah, unfortunately, like you said, you got a whole lot of possibilities, a whole lot of possibilities. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, we have our Pastor Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait a minute, Pastor Charlene. Good morning. You know what? I thought it was Shantice. I was like, did I put the wrong button? Oh, my goodness. Well, good morning to you. Good morning to you. How are you today? Fine, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll take it any day. I love it. I love it. Pastor Charlotte. I figured since you was going to be me, I'll be Shantice. <laughs> I said that because I have a sister that did the same thing. She was young, and she brought home this old man as old as my mom. And my mom tried to get him arrested for being with her. Um, At the time, she was, I don't think she turned 16 yet. Her birthday was coming. And, um, but the problem was that my sister had to say, that uh, he raped her because they said that by her just turning 16, which we could not understand, I'm older than her, and that they wouldn't do anything about it. But in this case, I think that both should go down. But my thought was, are they going to turn this on the, um, the what you said, the head mother of the place? I was gonna, that was the question to you. That was my next oh. question. Should they, um, should they try her or charge her with locking the building up? See, now that I would say no. And the reason I'm saying no because of these young girls, she's trying to save them. She's trying to keep them inside. But I bet you by the time the end of the story comes, they're going to make her the bad guy. She's trying to prevent things from happening. Even though safety, I mean, I get it. I thought of the same thing of that when the fire comes, the doors automatically might unlock, you know, where everybody be able to get out. I thought of that as well. But um, they're going to blame her. 
That's what they're going to blame. Do I think that they should? Absolutely no. Because they go to the beginning. The young girl, she started the fire. You know, she's angry. Maybe she didn't think about hurting nobody. But whenever you put a fire, you should think about that you're going to hurt somebody, even if it's yourself. So I think it's her. And did she think of that or did the old man think of that? to tell her to, no matter whatever you have to do, to get out. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. And the moral of the story of my sister was that she ends up leaving home. She ends up leaving home and never coming back. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Interesting, interesting. Wow. Oh, all right, Pastor Charlotte. What about this 95-year-old woman who uh, was tased and she had a serrated knife in her possession? She had dementia. She was, um, they said, disoriented and confused. And they called the cops, and the cop ends up tasing her and she ends up dying a week later. Now, who do you think, do you think they should charge him with murder? The cop for tasing? Yes. That's who's asking, right? Um, yes. I think that they should do something with him because if she, first of all, Working with the seniors, you already know how to deal with dementia, right? She's little. She can't walk without a walker. You could have took the walker. Y'all didn't have to call the cops, period, really, my my thought, um, from the beginning, because she's little. And I'm not saying you got to tackle her like a football, you know, but what you could have done was, like you said, keep her attention from the front, Somebody take the walker. If she can't walk without the walker, what can she do? Even her swinging with the knife, right, even her swinging with the knife, she ain't going to do but so much. She 95. She 95. So y'all could have got that and been able to um, get the knife from her and, like you said, talk her down. So I think that they went a step and beyond. Now, if she was able to, you know, to hold somebody hostage or whatever, that would have been a whole different situation. But since in this case that was not stated, so therefore y'all could have got her. All the staff, y'all could have got her. There's no way. You didn't have to do all of that extra. And then took her to the hospital, like y'all always do. Take them to the hospital. Here come them white coats. Take them to the hospital. Absolutely. I, I do believe that even calling the cops was too much. Too much, too mm-hmm. much, too much. She needed was a gentle word. If y'all knew all she needed was a gentle word, then shame on you. Shame on you. I would have been after the the facility. I'd be after the facility as well. If I'm going after the cop, I'm going after the facility. Because if it wasn't for the facility, the cop wouldn't have been on the premises. So... I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Shantice. We appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, we'll back to talk. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. 
Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. All right. You have an option. You can talk about either the 14-year-old hit girl, <laughs> or either the one who set the fire and killed the 19 people. Which one do you want to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about the hit girl. Oh, why did I know you were going there? Okay. Um, that crime. Now, what, what was the punishment again? The punishment was she, the punishment is they are holding her without right um, bail and right. they're yeah. charging her with attempted murder and she's going to be charged as an adult. Uh, yeah, it fits. It fits, and unfortunately. Unfortunately, see, I, I know she mad because it's like I'm going to jail and he ain't even dead. Might have been dead. Um, and I say that all the time when I watch, you know, when we watch like first forty eight and all that, and they still end up being prosecuted. And the mission they sent, they set out to complete, wasn't even completed. You know, thank God it wasn't. You know, but it's like you did all of this and you still, he's alive and you still end up going to jail. And it's it's really, it's really, really sad. And uh, unfortunately, a part of me can relate. I, I wasn't trying to kill nobody. But you're putting a hit out on somebody in some type of way because your mind is just set on what it's set on. And unfortunately, she was able to find people who were with her plan. And either she didn't have anyone that, you know, was mature enough to talk her out of it or she just didn't go to anyone who would have been mature enough to talk her out of it. So, unfortunately, she's in this spot. But I completely agree with you, Pastor Seth, when you said they have to do something about it. They can't let her walk off because not only would it be telling other kids that they can do this, but what happens tomorrow if she decides to put a head out on somebody else or to continue to put a head out on him until it's done? Right. You know, right. So you you can't you know you can't just say oh she's only fourteen you can't no you can't you have to go through with it. Oh. Yeah. This is this is this is really sad. You know, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot of things to think about. And and Tamika said you know something that was real 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 um, important that the the three people. Are now they also going down? They found mm-hmm. two of the three. Well, you know they kids. They gonna end up finding the other three. That that's gonna be something that's not gonna be hard. They about to dry snitch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they First of all, after mm-hmm. Mama slapped somebody upside the head for holding mm-hmm. that name, it, 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 yep. that, that ain't gonna help be held for too much longer. And mm-hmm. you know now you have these other three people who are now also going down. And I'm telling you something, the, the, the system is eating up our young people. So in mm-hmm. this one particular instance, there are four people going down, and they're all mm-hmm. the same range. So, you know, it, 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 this is really bad. Thank all right, you, you got a 95-year-old great-grandma in the nursing home who has dementia. She gets out of sorts, and she... You know, she ends up with this this steak knife, and they call the authorities. He ends up 
tasing her, and they said, you know, she's disoriented. You know, all she needed was a kind word. Who's to blame here? Whoever called the cops, whoever told the person to call the cops, the cops, all, they're all to blame. Because I, I agree with everything Pastor Charlene said. After I finished laughing at this 90-plus-year-old woman trying to multitask with her walker she needs and this knife, we would have just real quick had to come up with some plan to just get this knife away from her so that she doesn't hurt herself. My concern wouldn't even been had she hurt one of us. So then let's get this knife away from her so she don't hurt herself and we get blamed right. for her hurting herself. Right, right, right. So I don't even understand how cops are being called because you feel threatened. That's the only reason why you call cops, because you feel threatened. I don't even understand that. So all of them are to blame. I don't think the cops should be charged with murder. I mean, <sighs> fire definitely, maybe not be able to get a job in any field for a few years. I don't know about murder. It's just no one uses their brain. It's just like when you as a cop showed up and saw this, you didn't start laughing. Like what, what, what did she look like? Because just hearing this, I haven't pulled up her picture, but just hearing the details of how she looked and what she was doing, I, at no point do I deem this a threat. Like, okay, I can understand it before they call the cops. Maybe the cop just wanted to do it. It was just, no. It just sounded like a bunch of people who didn't want to do their job, so they called the cops. The cops didn't want to do his job, so he just paid them. And now, unfortunately, she's deceased. Yeah, this is this. Is, a lot of questions are going to have to be answered by the family because the family is going to want to know how she. If y'all know she becomes disoriented, how? Why does she even have access to the steak knife? So see, mm-hmm. yeah, this 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 it's going to the very beginning. It's going to be a mess. This is going to be a, quite a mess, and a whole lot of questions are going to have to be answered. And there's going to be some money. Oh, they're going after the dollars. You better believe that. Thank you, ladies, um, for that. holding it down. What'd you say? I'm sorry. With with the the 14 year old hit girl, did they say like what the other kid did that no, even made they, her want to? Mm-hmm. No, they don't have they, they don't have a reason why she even sent the three kids after him. No, they don't have mm-hmm. that information. So that's another thing that's like unfortunate. You don't even know what you know what happened. And it ain't going to be mm-hmm. nothing good. It ain't going to be nothing big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, boy, in a, in, a, in a big problem, big problem, big problem. All right. We've got our brother Al on the line who's joined us. So we're about to play Rip from the Headlines. Oh, y'all know this is my favorite game. I try to do this at least once a month. And boy, oh boy, do I have some stupid stuff. <sighs> All right, here's the first one. I'm 25 and heavily Irish with a thick accent, and most of my family are American and can't understand what I'm saying half the time. I'm able to hide my accent, though. It's a bit hard. And my sister asked if I, would, if I could attend her wedding, and I, but I would have to speak as an American since it's an American wedding, and like I have said, nobody can understand me. 
I have a sore throat from allergies and a high pollen count, so it makes it doubly hard to speak as an American. So I told my sister that if I were to attend, she would have to accept the fact that I have a thick accent and can't talk like she does, which made her very, very angry. I'm friends with her husband-to-be, and he says that she's uninviting me if I can't do a simple thing for her on her special day, and her husband doesn't want to get involved, which I understand. Ah. What you got to say, Brother Al? <laughs> Is she wrong for First asking all, him to for the mayor. Why, what'd you say? I said, first of all, chop, chop for the morning. Chop on the morning. Good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, Brother Al. You got to jump right on in because we didn't missed you. So we want to hear what you got to say about this accent. I'm sorry, someone was talking. Um, you know, she she has the right. You know, if she feels that hey, listen, this person is going to mess up the wedding, or this person, you know, people ain't gonna be able to understand this, you know, saying to her and things like that. She has that right to say, well, listen, um, I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, replace you because of such and such. You know, wedding is a big day. You know what I mean? So I think she, you know, she has she has that right to say, listen, nah. You know, I, I work with you, but this ain't gonna work out. So she has a wife. I guess you're saying that because you just got married. Ah! Oh gosh! <laughs> but look, even if I didn't, you know, you you don't want you know you you don't want somebody to, you know like I said that's a big day, and you want everything to go right. And if you're feeling okay, this person can't handle it or speak properly, where people don't understand them. Hey, listen, you know, I'm going to have to replace you. But then again, too, she should have known that from being around and talking to you. You should have already known that, hey, listen, her accent is heavy and stuff. So why would you even ask her from the beginning, from the jump? All right, Brother Al, let's see what the ladies got to say. All right, Lady Tamika, what you got to say? May surprise you, but uh, I kind of feel the same way that he does. You know, um, in that you, you want everything to come together um, on your wedding day. You know, mind you, no wedding is perfect, and there's always going to be a situation. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it, this is not one of those things where you have a, a function and, you know, little Johnny's out there and little Johnny can't read, but you give him this piece of paper and he stumbles through the whole sheet. Mind you, everybody's waiting a half an hour for him to get through, you know, those phrases. You know, this is this is a big event, and you know, I I, I honestly agree with them. You know, it, it, if it's something that you know, you can't, you know, it's something that she can't help. But then again, you really don't want that time. You know, let's let's do another gathering where you can speak. You know, I, I would probably feel the same way. All righty, let's see if the ladies agree. Pastor Charlotte. What say you? Well, that's my sister, and everybody knows she can't speak English straight. So sometimes you just might need a translation because I'm looking at it as as the long haul. It's not like she coming to interrupt the wedding, but by her not able to speak English that well, I wouldn't leave her out because of the fact that now it's going to draw something between me and her. 
So I would just let her speak, and I would just have to translate what she said because everybody in the family already know. So I would just help her out that way. For that, I wouldn't make a, a big deal of it. You know, like y'all, y'all invited me, and y'all know I'm loud. So I thank y'all. I said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. You're loud, Pastor Charlotte. Oh, my that's Lord. That's why you placed in the back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's All okay. Right. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you took your chances. That's what Pastor Charles said. Listen, you invited me. You took your chances. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. At least I ain't got to be, I don't have to worry about not being invited to the next wedding. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And that's how I feel about the sister. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's see if Shantice agrees. Shantice. Uh, now, is this a situation where me and my sister got along all our lives, or did we just reconcile? No, no, I, it I say, no, it doesn't say anything about they ever had problems. Okay. I mean, I get, because I can't do the accent, any accent. I don't care what accent it is. It, it, I don't like them. However, regardless, I guess this is my once-in-a-lifetime, supposed to be, special day, the fact that this is my sister, I may give her a time limit, you know, but I wouldn't strip her of that that honor of, you know, speaking, I would just say, okay, listen, because, you know, it's really hard to understand what you're saying because of your accent, just make sure you, you know, speak a little slower, so on and so forth, so that no one misses what you're going to say, but I don't necessarily agree with not allowing her to have that opportunity because of, you know, that now she has some type of unofficial Tourette's where she just burst out ignorant stuff and that's something completely different, but we ain't talking about that. So yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna do. She just have some. We have to have some some rehearsals. Some some rehearsals. What she wants to say. <laughs> oh my God! All right, I want to read this back to y'all. I'm 25 and heavily Irish, with a thick accent, and most of my family are American and can't understand what I'm saying half the time. I'm an. I'm able to hide my accent though it's a bit hard, and my sister asked if I was to attend her wedding that I would have to speak as an American. Since it's an American wedding and I like and, uh, and that nobody would understand me, I have a sore throat from allergies and high pollen count, so it makes it doubly hard to speak as an American. So I told my sister if I were to attend she would have to accept that I have a thick accent and can't talk like she does, which made her very, very angry. I'm friends with her husband-to-be, and he says that she's unin- uninviting me if I can't do a simple thing for her on her special day, and her husband doesn't want to get involved, which I understand. So I told her that if she wants her brother to attend her wedding, I wouldn't be hiding my accent, and she knows that it's a stupid thing, but it's her wedding, her rules. I'm I'm trying to figure out who said he was a part of the wedding. I'm I'm lost. I, y'all heard something I did not hear. If I'm being asked to attend a wedding, why should I have to be uninvited? Because I don't speak clear English. 
All I'm doing is attending the wedding. So I, I'm lost. Maybe y'all heard something I didn't hear, but I, I'm lost. I'm lost on that one. I'm lost on that one. But nonetheless. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Oh, no, I say maybe she's figuring she's expected to, you know, say something. So it's like, okay, well, if you come, don't be trying to grab the mic if you ain't focused on the rehearsal we had and hide that accent because this is an American. Which I don't understand how you have a heavy accent nobody else does. But this is an American wedding, so I need you to speak American but if you can't, then you might as well knock. Her. I don't know. The whole thing is it's just that, that's that's why that's why the story was weird to me, because again, she didn't. I didn't hear anything about you would stand up and give a speech, you would give the toast, anything. And as a brother, you know, she didn't say, but he didn't say anything about like other family wouldn't be there or. You know, so now it kind of defaults to you, you know, because we don't have mom and dad or, you know, you're my brother and we were, like, exceptionally close, so I need you to say something. Mm -hmm. All I keep reading is attending. So I'm like, wow, 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 we we, we that much? No, mm, wow, okay, okay, okay. So let's do the next rips from the headline. Let's see which one. Oh, okay. Mm, this one is a good one. My, hold on. My sister, Lauren, who's 42, had a pretty wild youth. I did too, so no judgment on my part. When Lauren was 18, she got pregnant and chose to get an abortion. This was her wake-up call. She went to college later, got a great job, and found her husband. They, excuse me, they had a daughter, Roxy, who's now 17. Roxy is a very studious and responsible young woman, but this is in no doubt to her hard, how hard her parents are on her. Roxy found out she was pregnant in March. Lauren and her husband reacted horribly. I have a daughter who's of similar age, and I know I wouldn't be thrilled either. However, Lauren and her husband took it too far, in my opinion. They shamed her, told her she's a disgrace. They said even if she got an abortion or gave the baby up for adoption, they found her irresponsible and didn't want her around. They kicked her out. Roxy's boyfriend... Roxy's boyfriend's parents did the same. The two are now living with my family. I finally told Roxy all about her mom's past and told her that Lauren had no right to talk. I prefaced this by saying this isn't what made Lauren a bad person, and I don't shame her, but use it as Lauren has no moral high ground. Roxy called Lauren and called her out on the hypocrisy. She, my extended family is mad at me. Most say that um, it wasn't my place to spread Lauren's business. Her husband didn't know about her past either and is now calling her a liar. Wow. Uh, Lady Tamika, it's on you first. Should she have... Uh, told was it wrong for her to tell? Ooh, really is a rough one. And you know, she opened up a can of worms. And now that they're out, you know, <laughs> what do I do with them? Um, 
that's that's a real rough one. Um, I think maybe she should have taken a moment and spoken with her sister personally. You know, you're brutalizing this child for something that you did, you know, and, you know, you put it out in the air not knowing, not asking, you know, and, and this is how stuff happens with family, you know, and for all we know, this could be one of those situations where now the family continues to feud forever, you know, um, because you let the cat out of the bag. Um, I, I think she should have taken a one-on-one with her sister and, and talked to her, you know, so that the sister could look at it, you know, hey, you're not so squeaky clean, you know, and it's it's not, it shouldn't have been accusatory, but just to let her see, you know, you, I understand that now you're the parent because you're looking at it from the parent, but you went through the same exact thing. However, you know, in your life, you, you were a little, a lot more pr- promiscuous. Now this child, you know, for, from what I'm gathering is responsible, but somewhere in there, you know, she made a mistake or, you know, she, she slept with somebody and she got pregnant, you know? So now what do we do with it now? You know, what do, what, what do we do with the situation? Not the child. I'm not calling the child an it. What do we do with the situation now? You know, I, I think putting it out in the air like that now caused a fiasco that you cannot undo. Now you have to live from that moment forward. All right, all right. Let's see if the others agree. Pastor Charlotte. Well, for me, I am coming to the sister, and I'm going to say you have such and such amount of time to tell your daughter the truth, and if not, I'm telling. Bottom line, how dare you put her in making her feel like that when you have done the same thing? You can't do that. I would definitely tell. I'm telling. I'm telling. I don't care who don't like it because you are ruining this child's feelings. And then not only you tell her that she was pregnant and let her know what you did with the baby as well. So you have a choice. Either you're going to tell her or I'm going to tell her. All righty. Let's see if the others agree. Shanties. I have to take your child in. You better, and see, this is what you don't read your Bible. This is just like the parable <laughs> with the man who owed the king the debt and begged to be forgiven of the debt, and the king wiped his slate clean, and as soon as he walked away from the king, he saw someone else who owed him a lesser debt than what he owed the king, and he hemmed him up and threatened his life. I'm like, you better pay me. And once those people saw... What he did, they went and told the king, and then the king went and locked him up until his debt was paid. So I'm talking about, read that Bible. I'm with Pastor Charlotte. They would have taken everything in me not to tell that girl. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm about to slap your mother. But I definitely would have went to her and said, you got about five minutes to let this girl back in this house before I blow up everything. And and I'm pretty sure that's just the new that her that her sister's husband didn't know. So that really would have had my will going. I'm about to tell everybody everything. If you, you, this girl is homeless because you want to be stupid? No. I'm I'm about to be that op. And it's about to mess up our relationship. I don't care. But now they're homeless. And now you can't talk any level of sense into her or give her any type of good advice because you're being petty about something that, you know, yeah. Probably would have flipped out a little bit, but I definitely was. You got five minutes. Let's go back up in this house. I'll blow up everything. 
Oh, now your marriage is on the rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow, wow, wow. All right, let's see if Brother Al agrees. He's the only man. Let's see if the male would handle it the same way. What say you, Brother Al? Oh, yeah. Well, I would like to say, first of all, maybe Tamika's crazy. Shanti and Pastor Sean are snitching. Stop snitching. <laughs> Stop snitching. <laughs> I would... I would not. I, I think that she should have mind her business as far as telling that out there, putting that out there. I do think she should have checked this sister by saying, "Listen, let me talk to you. You got the gall to get at this at your daughter when you did the same thing. How dare you? Do? I would have got in her behind about it, but it wasn't her place to go tell tell the husband and everybody else the business. You know, that's what get people in so much trouble. It's none of your business. That is her business. She didn't tell." then that's on her. We so quick want to go out and blast stuff. Okay, we go out and we tell. What did you accomplish by telling the side sorry, the whole ruckus in the family? That's, you know, that's not cool. I would have got at her. Come in, let's go in the room. I need to talk to you. And I would have got at her. How dare you? You're going to talk to the girl and you did the same thing? For real? You serious right now? You need to check yourself. But I wouldn't wear or go to the husband, hey, let me tell you what she did, or the daughter. Oh, she getting at you. Well, let me tell you what she did. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right at all. So I think she should have handled that business. That's none of your business. She should have handled that a different way. That's all right, stuff. all right. Well, I'm going to give my... <laughs> yes? I just wanted to say, <laughs> Brother Al, it became her business. As soon as you... I have to take her in my home, exactly. it became my business. I was thinking the same thing. It okay. became my okay. business. Okay. Hey, I just nosy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I'm normally I do my stuff at the end, but because I want to try to get in, just pray for them today. I'm gonna do mine as we go along. For for this one, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with Brother Al. Mind your business. Mind your business. When you when you had to take her in, that was ammunition for you to go to the sister and check her. But to reveal that, there was no godly ground, even with this parable of the, of the, uh, uh, of this, 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 this uh, one with the debt owed and all of that kind of stuff, that to me is not in comparison to this. I agree with Brother Al. It's one thing to address the sister and check the sister. And I get the whole concept of, well, you know what, it becomes everybody's business when we don't want to see this girl homeless. You're absolutely right. She shouldn't have been homeless. And how dare she treat this? Because they never said in this, at least in this account, they never said she was a bad girl. It just says that, as a matter of fact, it says that she's just the opposite. And you made a bad decision. And a bad decision that the family now needs to support you. Now, how much support you give is on you. Even as a parent, you know, you might be mad and blah, blah, blah. But to out her and tell, oh, no, I'm with Al. Brother, no, that, just, that was just way too much. That was having that personal one-to-one conversation, because I think uh, uh, Tamika said it as well. Go to her. Say whatever you need to say to her, but to put her business out there, nah, that 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 was too much because that was that's still her mother. 
That is still her mother. Now, what happens when this one thing, and I can't remember who said it, now there's a war for how, I think it was Tamika, a war for how many years because you took something. Is there something in your past that you would prefer not to have revealed? Uh, I'm with Brother Al mm-hmm. on this one. Mind your business. Talk to her, ream her out, kick her butt, rip her up from the corner to the corner. But nah, the other part was just a little too much for me. I was like, wow, she told that? Mm. Ooh, that's a bit much. All right, wow. now. Yeah, wow. Pastor, Pat, well, Pastor Stephanie Green with Brother Al, it must go snow today. It's going to snow today. Let me go get my hoodie. Let me go get my big coat. Everything can pass itself as a green brother. <laughs> That's how we do it. I'm agreeing with you because despite the fact that I have a strong accent, you allowed me to come to the wedding. So I, 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 I got to be nice to you. I got to be nice to you, Brother Al. I got to be nice to you. All righty. <laughs> All right, here's, here's one here. Here's one here. I got a dear Abby for you all. I struggled for years with vomiting and nausea, as well as other digestive issues I dismissed as having a sensitive stomach. When my fiancé, Mark, and I started dating, he urged me to find out the cause of my issues. Six months ago, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, an autoimmune disorder that is managed through a gluten-free diet. Mark has been incredibly supportive, and our kitchen is mostly gluten-free. I can get fairly sick, so we are pretty careful. There's just one issue. I can get cross-contaminated if he kisses me after eating gluten, and he does eat gluten quite often. It can be resolved if he brushes his teeth thoroughly, but he brushes his teeth only every two or three days. Mark is a grown man, and while we are discussing briefly from a health standpoint, I don't want to be responsible for managing his oral hygiene. That needs to be his responsibility. I don't know where to draw the line, though, without being controlling. Is it responsible to expect my fiancé to brush his teeth after eating gluten or every morning and evening, or must I just except that I won't be able to kiss him except on rare occasions. Pastor Charlotte, you got the first leg on this one. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't kissing him at all, so it don't matter. You don't brush your teeth every day? Uh, we ain't kissing anyway. First of all, you ain't going to be with me, so that's nasty. That's nasty. That's just straight nasty. No, she should... Her stomach, my stomach is hurting right now. I feel like I need to do all of that. It's the thought of it. I feel about that. <laughs> That's nice. No. Oh, gosh. All oh, right. The question if everybody else not. agrees with you. Shanti, what say you? We don't go together no more. My letter would have read, my ex didn't want to brush his teeth. So that's a whole other health issue. Like what? It's bad enough we got to monitor the children. Why I now have to monitor a grown person? 
And everyone wants to talk about how I'm a grown man. No, you're not. If you don't brush your teeth, bro, like, no. Because then, okay, so we go from that to now I got to monitor your one tooth. Because when you don't brush your teeth, they'll start falling out. So, no. So then I got to worry about you being toothless. No. See see how it's a domino effect in my life? I already have to, like, worry about making sure I have a gluten-free. And that is one of the most annoying allergies. I've never had it. But dealing with people who have it, I can't, oh my, just dealing with, just hearing people, oh no, that has gluten, it's like, shoot, I, I understand. What's but it makes them stick shot, teeth. goodness gracious. No, I'm not, no, listen to what I'm saying to you. It's almost like with the egg allergy. It's like, you're not mad at the person, but I can't even imagine, that's why I said, it's not, I can't even imagine what y'all go through having to be the ones who have to make sure you don't eat this and that and that and that. And now I got to worry about this? No, you don't care about me. Care this about is extra stress. Extra stress. <laughs> we don't go together no more. We don't go together no more. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's see if everybody else agrees. Brother Al, what say you? She should have been gone. Why can't I tell you to brush your teeth? Like, she should have known that before she married him that he done that. Oh, like, I mean, it, it ain't no, am oh, I taking control? Listen, bro, you got a, you got a choice. Either you going to brush your teeth or that, or, or you got to go. You know what I'm saying? And then if you don't do it, then I'm going to constantly crack jokes into you. And I'm going to constantly crack jokes and make you feel uncomfortable. You know, I'm going to sit there. You're going to be talking. I'm like, bro, you know when you talk, we can see the words, right? So you know what that means. Brush them. <laughs> you can see the words when you talk. Brush them, bro. For real. Oh you serious right God. now? Oh you, won't get no more, you won't get no more kisses here. It ain't yeah. happening. Oh my I goodness! The ultimatum is enough for us to break up. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, you can. All right, let's see. Have if you been eating garlic? <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, let's see if Lady Tamika agrees. What say you? First of all, you know this. This is where we go with the deal breaker, or you know. Um, <laughs> Crossing the line type of thing. This is this is ladies, gentlemen. This is why you need to double check stuff. You know, like you if you if you happen to go over, you you, you go out or whatever, and y'all let's just say you go to a hotel and you know you, they they have washcloths. They have more than one, and like you know you you, you use the washcloth, and you know he goes in there, and you hear the water running, you come back, and you're like, okay, so. My washcloth is right there, and my towel is right there, and yours is dry. Washcloth dry, towel dry. You know, what did you do? Just sit in the bathroom with the water running? Same thing with the toothbrush. Down and down there, check that toothbrush. Double check and see if it's wet. Just, you know, these, these are important things. Apparently, you know, now she's in the married stage, and, you know, I, when he gets to talking, I, I know me. I'll say, I see what you're saying. I, I, I smell what you're saying. You know, oh my um, these are important you have to understand that, you know, you got to check habits. If there's something that seems to be suspect, then, you know, question it. Ask, you know, if you have to do rear back and, and look, you know, we have, um, uh, brother, and I, brother Al and I have mentioned, you know, I remember, you know, because he has a cat, and I remember one particular time he decided, you know, I didn't know that she had her own spoon. She has a literal silver spoon that he feeds her from. And the very first time that I came over, he went in and got her spoon, and it's a silver spoon. And I'm going, oh, my God, 
Did he just take a house spoon and he's feeding his cat? So I ran back. I laid back in the cut like, what you going to do with that spoon when you finish feeding her? Like, does that go in the sink? Does it go with the regular dishes? These are things you got to check. So every now and then, you know, rear back, check. You know, that's that's going to be my phrase, rear back. <laughs> they call oh, my, 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 my. Woman. They need to call a cop for him. Wow. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Brother Al, mark this day as a special day. I'm with you again. First of all, when you found out that he only brushes his teeth every two to three days, you should have been gone. It would have to, yeah. I wouldn't be writing in about this gluten-free problem because we would have had a problem before the gluten issue came exactly. along. From the moment exactly. I found out that you only brushed your teeth every two to three days and there were seven days in a week, <laughs> It was, there would have been no more coffee. It's seven days, and I only get two or three that you brush your teeth? Oh, no. No, no. What did you say? I said, then what else are you not cleaning? If you're not brushing your teeth, right. you're missing some Right. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yo, no, he should have been gone. He should have been gone. I'm not writing to no dear Abby. I'm not writing dear Jesus, dear God. It is, you're gone. You are gone. You're going to tell me that your hygiene is so poor that you even consider kissing me and you haven't brushed your teeth in two or three days. Then that's, I think Shanti said, you don't love me. You're not interested in Stephanie because no. you're not mm-hmm. interested in yourself. The Bible tells mm-hmm. us to love our fellow man the way we love ourselves. Well, guess what? If I know you only to brush your, brush your teeth every two, three days, you don't love you, which means you don't love me. So, Brother Al, put the star on this day on your calendar because I'm with you yet again. It should have been gotten. Brother Al. Brother Al. Yes. Pastor, those are the types that will then, when they brush their teeth, they'll use your toothbrush. Uh, No! Mm -hmm. Now now that's that's going for a homicide. Now we are in a homicidal situation. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. Okay, it's time for us to end this conversation. This has just gotten to be a little too much. Wow. No, 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 no. Woo, baby. Uh, Yes. I just want to say, I want to respond to what Shanti just said. If he used my toothbrush, he won't have to worry about brushing them. He'd be putting them in a (laughs) pack. Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> they go to the following. They go to the following. <laughs> That's a hostile situation, brother Al. That is a hostile yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, you, Why you stand so much too brush away and get another one? No, no, you, no. You, you need to, no, you need to move out the country. If we, if we move yeah. it like that, you need to relocate. I don't need to see you ever mm-hmm. again. Because that is a straight violation. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness gracious. You can make money off of that. Wait, what'd you say, Brother mm-hmm. Al? 
I say you can make money off them. Put them on one, get get one of these these real. Let's just say Crest toothpaste. Get them on there and say, do your teeth look like this? And then <laughs> and after using Crest, your teeth can look like this. Before and after. Come on, you can't make money before and after. You can't. You know what? Y'all have walked us right into Pray For Them. Thank you so very much for your contribution into today's conversation, my dude, Tom Crew. I always love playing Rip from the Headlines with y'all. We all always make it interesting. Always make it interesting. Oh, until the next time, God spares, have a blessed day. Oh. Oh my goodness. Have a blessed one. Oh my goodness. All right, Shantice, what you got for us today? Okay, today on Pray for Them, we are praying for Michael Cal Williams, also known as Chef G, and Tegan Chambers, also known as Sleepy Hollow, Chef G, and Tegan. I'm sorry, Sherry G and C.P. Hollow are two young rappers from Brooklyn who have just gotten themselves caught up in a whole lot of mess. Uh, Chef G is 24 years old. Tegan Chambers, a.k.a. Sleepy Hollow, is 23 years old. Both rappers, both a high level of success back in 2019, not only, you know, were they able to rack up a whole lot of views on their YouTube videos, but was it Chef G? Yes. Chef G started Winner Circle Entertainment, which is a label that is under RSA Records, which is under Sony Music Entertainment. So they were able to really climb the ladder and really make a name for themselves. So he was the the co-founder, and Sleepy Hollow is one of the artists. Well, despite their success, they still found a way to still be connected with their gang life. One of them is a crip. I believe it's Chef G, and Sleepy Hollow is part of folk, no, Nine Ways, Nine Ways Gang. I think those are two, but we all know about the clip. Nine-way gang, I think that's a gang in Brooklyn also. And um, Sheriff G, Chef G, has been using his fame and the money that he's been making from his music to now facilitate gang activity and crime. Also using his platform to encourage other gang members to, to participate in crimes that I guess he's conspiring. And right now they are charged with 140-count gang indictment with charges that include second-degree murder, attempted murder, conspiracy, weapons possession, assault, attempted assault, kidnapping, gang assault, and I think a whole myriad of other charges. If convicted, I'm not sure. They didn't look like what... Sleepy Hollow would be getting, but Chef G, if convicted, he would serve up to 25 years in prison. So let's just say if he was get, to get convicted today, he would be about 49, 50 years old when he got out. And definitely want to pray for them, one, because these are two young men, two young black men who, despite what they were doing legally, because their music you know, wasn't anything illegal, but that allowed them to be able to make some type of mark. You know, they weren't just putting music out 
they were under RCA and then they were able to start their own label and be signed under this major record label, yet that still wasn't enough for them to leave that gang and street mentality alone. Not only did you not leave it alone, but now you're helping to encourage others to be a part of your schemes and your plans. And one of the murders that they committed was caught on camera. So I'm really not seeing how they'll be able to wiggle their way up out of this. Just really want to lift them up in prayer, lift their families up in prayer. I'm sure they have mothers and probably siblings. I didn't see anything about them having any children. Lifting up their fellow gang members, you know, because there's a rival gang that they, they've been going up against, I think, since, like, earlier this year. Lifting the rival gang up as well that somebody allows God to get a hold of their mind their intentions and their motives, and somebody puts a stop to it. Like you always say, Pastor Steph, somebody has to be the first one to shut up. Somebody has to be the first one to stop doing. Lifting up any of their fans and anyone else, especially those younger than them, or even their peers who look up to them, and allowing them to pay attention to how they were able to reach a high level of success that a lot of other people were not able to reach at their age. Even people their age who had nothing to do with the streets, but yet you're now using what you've been able to gain and benefit from what's legitimate to now facilitate the illegal stuff. So definitely lifting up their minds and, you know, asking that God is with their um, their attorneys, their legal teams, that, oh, my gosh, their attorneys have a high level of integrity, that they, um, God be, is with the judge and, you know, whomever else, and with the families of all of the victims. You know, because from what I'm reading, there's been a few deaths due to, you know, all of the gang rivalry and people getting hit by stray bullets and dying and so on and so forth. So lifting all of that up in prayer and asking that God will give them, you know, a chance to, they're going to most likely have to do some time, but give them a chance to really give their lives to him and just be with everyone that's, close to them that's watching us, because I, this is crazy, like, that level of success would have been something that was in So, lifting them up in prayer. All righty, thank you. Now, I, I can't, the, the, how old are they? Okay, so Michael Williams is 24, and Tegan Chambers is 23. Jeez, jeez, jeez. All right, and what, what's, what's their stage names? What's the stage names? Chef G and Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> oh goodness, it's Sleepy Hollow, right there. Goodness yeah, gracious. Exactly. That's why I laugh. Like, goodness mm. gracious. All right. Definitely, Father God, we come before you, and we thank you for even having an opportunity to even beseech you at your mercy's throne, God. This morning, we lift up Sleepy Hollow and Chef G, God. You know their birth names. You know them. You knew them before they were even in their mother's womb. And, dear Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, we, we consistently talk about the fact that there's a war on our children, on our young people, on our young men. And, Lord, here's mm-hmm. just another case of you allowing a level of success, probably because or possibly because they had that level of influence. So the same way they had the level of influence to continue 
or increase gang violence and activity. They had that level of influence to change lives, to be able to convince people to go the right way, to take what you gave them and use it positively, opposed to in the manner in which they they have used it in. God, we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to allow them to see what they've done, that they would not just be indicted and sit behind bars and give away the prime years of their life and go in mm-hmm. jail and continue with the gang activity. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, that you just turn their lives around at this point. That, Mm -hmm. Lord, we know that incarceration for the next 25 years is a harsh sentence, but did it save them from death? Did it save Mm -hmm. them from death? Did it save them from possibly uh, helping someone else to be killed or, or, or pulling in someone else to do another level of melee or making bad decisions? That that 25 years could be a, a, a gift to them. And we have to trust you in all that it's done because you've decided to even spare their lives. In all that Amen. they've been involved in, in all, God, that they have encouraged or they didn't discourage, their own lives could have been gone. So, Lord, Amen. we're asking you to help them to see what a, that, that this was a gift that you've given them and that they can now turn this around and become influential on the inside, God, that they could turn this all around and make this wrong a right, that they would see it as a gift that you spared their life. They're 23 and 24 years old. They're babies. They are literal babies. Everybody wants to be an adult. Everybody wants to see themselves grown, God. But in this world, at this time, they're babies. And, Lord, we ask you to be with their family who may have worked hard, who may have toiled and labored to make sure that they had a decent life, but now they are to watch this here. Mm -hmm. But, Lord, we ask you to help them understand that you've been a gracious God, that you have been a merciful God, that this could have turned around to anything else. But because your watchful Mm -hmm. eye is on them, and you may have something planned for their Mm -hmm. life, that it would take them to be 50 years old in order for Mm -hmm. them to execute it properly, God. Again, we don't know your plan. We don't know your timing. And we don't always understand your will and your way. But, God, we do understand that you've got a plan for these two lives and any life that might be connected to them, God. For all of those, dear Heavenly Father, who has to now watch them serve this time, we pray that that's a wake-up call for them, that they would reconsider their activity, dear God. There's so much to be learned from such a devastating blow. But, Lord, again, we know that even though we call ourselves having plans and the plans are so poorly uh, uh, laid out, the plans are so 
poorly executed. The, the, the plans are not really a plan. We know you have one. And we're trusting mm-hmm. your will and your way today. We thank you, God, for Shantice pointing out the two people that you wanted us to pray for, God. Thank you for using mm-hmm. her to lead the way, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you have allowed them to accomplish that was positive. It may not have been in in, in, in your arena, but again, mm-hmm. we know that everyone does not start that way. We That's know that. Right. We don't know, you know, everyone has their own time when they took heed and they answered your calls. So, and we know that we have been allowed to have some level of success before you took control of our lives, before we gave you control (laughs) over our lives, God. So we know every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. And you would not have allowed them to legitimately do what they did if it were not a part of your plan. So, Lord, we pray that any monies would go to the proper restitution for any lives would be applied appropriately, God, that, again, everything has its place in your world. And we just mm-hmm. thank you, dear Heavenly Father, even for the conversations that were had today, God, that we spoke in very typical situations, dear Heavenly Father. And we pray, God, that as we speak on this broadcast each and every day, that we give the right direction each and every day dear heavenly father that we hear from Mm -hmm. you first before we before we respond dear heavenly father that we will always put your will in your way before our own desires dear god because we have accepted Mm -hmm. your call unlike these two men we have accepted your call and we too have a responsibility for your kingdom here on earth while you're up Operating in heaven, God, we are here operating on earth, and we have stepped forward each day, God, to be used. And we thank you, God, Mm -hmm. for choosing us, for including us. And, Lord, that we Mm -hmm. pray that somehow, some way, that these two young men would have someone come and minister to them. Someone Mm -hmm. would speak into their life that they would understand that you have kept them here for a reason, for a purpose, on purpose, and with a purpose. And we give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, we have a responsibility, whether we understand it, whether we agree, whether we see it, we have a responsibility. When God allows us to be blessed, we are to pass those blessings along. You know, when he allows the success, you know, did he allow the success for them to come up, like I said in the prayer, for them to come up out of the gang mentality, the gang activity, and now make a way for other people legitimately not to take the money that God allows you to make to further the cause of a gang or their activity, their purpose. And a lot of times we miss the mark. 
God blesses us, God gives us, God exposes us, God directs us, and we are off on our own tangent. We have a responsibility. And when we miss that mark, is it chargeable? Something we got to think about. Everybody's life is not the same. And God is not going to smile as often as we think he's going to smile uh, regarding the things that we do. That sometimes we get things in order to do something very specific with. And because we are short-sighted, because we do not consult God, because we do not stay before the Lord to make sure that the things we do are correct, We missed the mark. And when we missed the mark, what does that mean for the people who we have been assigned to bless? Now, it doesn't mean that God is not going to bless them because we're off the beaten path. But it does mean that it might be chargeable that we were not doing what we have been called to do. You know, this this walk ain't easy. This walk ain't easy. The word of God, you hear me say it all the time, the word of God is narrow yet broad, broad but yet narrow. Sometimes we make things out more than what they are, and sometimes we don't make it enough. We limit this whole thing. And we got to make sure that our communication is always flowing with the Lord so that we're not perfect but we are always striving toward the mark. And that's what God can say. That if he or she made a mistake, they got back up, and they're on a tangent to make sure it's right. You're not going to roll over and die. You're not going to just hold your breath and just hope that things are better, things get better, but that you're going to make sure that God chose you to be a part of his kingdom and you're going to show him that you appreciate it it's not just what's on your heart god knows my heart no it's more than that it's what we do to show god that that we really appreciate the fact that he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light and when we don't show god shame on us because the Bible speaks of just that one who went back to say thank you. Are you the one that went back to say thank you and you're doing it the right way? You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth, they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time, always giving us stuff to think about. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to uh, strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us.
Until tomorrow, God's best, where it's Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever we want. Until then, I love you. <laughs>